Welcome to episode four of the Shoot Around podcast. My name is Josh. My name is Mackenzie. And today we are going to run through a bunch of things that relate to the NBA basketball and everything that has happened in the NBA since we last saw you in episode three. Um, but Mackenzie, what have you got for us? Uh, I've got a list of uh, the places where we can be reached. Yeah. It's on Facebook and YouTube, the Shoot Around podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, at Shoot Around Pod, and on TikTok, key distinction here, at Shoot Around NBA Pod. So Very hit us up, important. like, subscribe, share with your friends, leave comments. We love to see that sort of thing, and we love to respond as well. Yeah. Leave us any questions, queries, concerns, feedback, positive, negative, whatever. We really want to know how much you don't like what we have to say. Mostly negative, please. Thanks. Yeah. Only negative. Yeah. No, no positive this week. We just want all hate. We want thumbs down on the YouTube videos. No, please don't. It hurts our algorithm, please. That's true. Don't do yeah, that. Don't hurt our algorithm. All right. Um, what's first, Mac? What have you got for us first? Actually, first, actually. I just want to say shout out to my friend James in, in Canada. Uh, he's not in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in Canada. He's actually in Canberra. So, whoa, <laughs> got you there. It is cold uh, there, but it's not Canada. <laughs> he's in Canberra. Uh, I was actually going to do a podcast with him, but Mac, you stole his seat, so... Sorry, James, but I'm sure you're here in spirit. He is. He's here in spirit. Um, but yeah, shout out, James. Thanks for everything that you've done for the podcast so far. You're a, uh, a good guy. And you're constantly blowing up our DMs. It's yeah, all good, man. We appreciate we, it. We appreciate you. Yeah. Um, all right, Mac, where do you want to start? I think we should start with some preseason thoughts. Uh, yep. We have a lot of rational takes to run through here. Plenty so of rationality here. I think we'll get into it with our level-headed takes. We're actually going to be called the Rationality Podcast. The level-headed... No Hot Takes Podcast. No yes. Hot Takes Podcast 101. I think Rationality Podcast actually has a good ring to it. That's actually pretty cool. It's trademarked. You can't take it now. Yep. Bloody people listening and stealing my intellectual property. Not good. No. Um, Sorry. So we'll start with... Uh, I actually had a quick little tidbit I wanted to jump on. In training camp, uh, Nikola Jokic had some footage of himself looking svelte, very trim. Swole. Uh, He's, I mean, I wouldn't say swole yet. Oh, no, he has fit. some work to do, okay. but he's definitely fitter uh, or more fit for English uh, pronunciation purposes. A fitter worth. We know what you're saying. <laughs> and uh, he was dunking like no tomorrow. He looked like Zach Levine out there. Yeah, so I think in the dunk contest, uh, there should be consideration. Please vote for him uh, yeah. when it, the time comes to vote for yeah, the contestants. Vote, vote for Jokic because I do want to see him get that one inch vert cracking. One and a half at, to- at the most, but oh, yeah, wow. for the American okay. listeners, his, his vertical is about 1.25 inches. Yep. It's pretty incredible, and that's with the weight loss. So it's a big vert yeah. for a big guy. He gets up. Yeah, he does. He doesn't leave the ground when he jump shoots. It's more like a plant shot. It's a, yeah, it's a, actually called a set shot, yeah. It's it, a set shot right. if there yeah. ever was one. You're He's right. good at it. Yep. Um, but yeah, so just on training camp, there wasn't really anything else of note that I saw. What about you? Um. Like, as far as the footage that's come out, I think Bol Bol looks really good. Okay. That's another Nuggets guy. Like, with shout the out the Nuggets. Yeah. They look good this preseason. There was a lot of um, footage that came out of him just working out. And he's impressive. Looking he looks good. incredible, yeah. He looks really good. Um, he's so. a, a bit of a freaky watch, to be honest, because he's so long. He's 7'2", and he, he dribbles like a, it's a, a weird. point guard. It's actually impressive. Really it's impressive. kind of like a 2K creator player. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah. Yeah, it it's is. very weird. Yeah, yeah. He's but a my park kind of guy. Shout out to Bol Bol looking, uh, just standing out amongst a, a pack of standouts, really. Yeah, actually, on that team. On that team, he actually looks really good. It's it's yeah. strange uh, how well they've done in the in the draft picking out those guys because, yeah. I mean, they've got two second rounders there in Jokic and Bol, and um, RJ Hampton. Yeah, RJ, and they also picked up. Um, Porter Jr. when he fell in the draft. So they've done a really good job and, uh, you know, we kind of jumped on them last episode. So that, that's it for the Nuggets for this one. But, um, yeah, nice. It's, they, they look good preseason. They look Absolutely, really good. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so then just uh, jumping straight into preseason now, um, my first thoughts were that Harry Giles for the Portland Trailblazers has looked really well. Mm. Uh, I feel like he's – we talked about in the last episode he might be stealing Zach Collins' minutes. Yeah. Changed my mind on that. Uh, he has looked good. I think he might be stealing the MVP from Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. I think that's happening this year. Harry yeah, Giles okay. looks great. Yeah, right. I um, like it. Okay. No, no, no additional like thoughts. No, I like it. Sold. Harry Giles does look good. I, man, I'm on board. Yeah, he looks great. Um, like the other guy that you know, I kind of put in the same category as Harry Giles, who you know, I'm really hoping that he uh, catches that, that form that we saw of him in college. Who's is that? Dante Exum. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. He looked really good for the Cavs um, in their first preseason game. Okay. Uh, he was injured for their second, so he missed their second. But if he can stay healthy, which has always been Exum's problem. That has been the problem. Yeah. He's a triple-double kind of guy. Like He puts up good numbers everywhere. He contributes everywhere. He's good defensively. He's long. He's rangy. He has a good jump shot. It's not great. It's good. Um, but man, like I hope, I hope that he uh, he can keep it up because he would be a sleeper for most improved, especially on that Cavs roster. Like there's no one else there. Yeah, that's a good opportunity for him if he can stay healthy for sure. I do feel like his game is really well suited for the NBA, and and if he can find the right fit, he can blossom. It's too bad what happened in Utah. Like he basically just wasn't healthy, yeah. and Utah was kind of like, okay, let's let's move on here. And you have to do what you have to do as a business. As a team, you can get somebody else who's probably going to be more healthy. But he was, uh, yeah, he had one game there in Cleveland last season. I remember he had 26. Preseason definitely um, bodes well for the rest of the season. We'll see how that works out. Um, My next semi-level-headed take here is that the Rockets are better off without James Harden. Uh, The first game, or the first couple games they played without him, they looked pretty good. They had good ball movement. John Wall looks pretty good. Yep. I thought that they just had more of a, a like a better ball movement system, uh, and I'm sure James Harden can be integrated into that. But I honestly think they're better without him at this stage. Just time to move on. Yeah, I like it. Okay. I, I agree. I'm on board. Fair enough. I can't disagree with anything you're saying. It's a problem. Yeah, you got to start. We we need to start disagreeing. Yeah, I'll work on that. I hate that take, and I think that James Harden's the best player in the NBA. And if the Rockets trade him, I'm going to be so angry with whoever traded him because I don't know who their GM is. <laughs> Who's their GM? I have no idea. Yeah. The Rockets, yeah, it could just be Poor some Rockets. some guy off the street. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think he, he's not. He's not the answer for them. Um, he's turned that organization into uh, a bit of a mess. Um, Harden has? Yeah, Harden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They made... So Harden has made that the Houston organization revolve around him now for the last uh, six years, seven yeah. years since he's been traded. Yeah. Um, 
and he's gotten away with way too much. Now they're finally going, no, you need to adhere to what we have to say. Yeah. Because they've lost the cast that brought him in there. You know, Daryl Morey was the main reason he was there in the first place. The architect. Yeah. And now he's gone and the organization's starting to pull the reins. So it's, look, it's not so much... The Houston Rockets have a lot to answer for with the way that they've handled James Harden and now with the way that they're treating him on his way out. He's never had to deal with the criticisms. He's never had to face any criticism from the organization, from outside the organization. It's been coming since he started averaging 30 points. You know, he, he's, a, he's a ball hog. This is what people say. Uh, this is not, you know, it is. I agree. This he's, does not reflect your views or it does? But, but he... I think Somewhat. he was coached that way. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. It was catered to him, like you said. Like, the whole system was built around him, yeah. and then they started integrating point guards yeah. like Chris Paul, Westbrook, yeah. etc. So, yeah, it's basically been the Harden show, and now, yeah, it's, it's a really weird scenario there. Um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, case in point, I feel like they're better without him. Just move on. I agree. Yep. Um, and as we said in our previous podcast, they're going to blow it up. Um, that's my point of view. Yep. Do you think they're blowing it up? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I go. think they will. I think uh, there's a lot of moves that they can make to improve the roster, and mm. it has to start with moving James Harden off it and trying to package Eric Gordon in with that. Yeah, his contract a, works. There's not a whole lot to match Eric Gordon and <laughs> James Harden yeah. because they're, like, combined they're making $65 million, which is half of the NBA cap. Yeah. Yeah, it's so a lot. it's a lot of money with two guys who haven't done anything. I like Harden for that money. Like, even though you could argue any player is very difficult to justify that money, except a handful. I just want to see him in a new situation. Yeah, me I, too. You know, I... I agree. Like, beyond just going, you know, he's a terrible player and, like, you know, the old school guys are saying ISO ball doesn't work. The new school guys don't like watching him. Yeah. He's such a good offensive player. He just needs to be... Are you checking out my takes? No. You were. You were reading my I was my spaced take. out. You were reading my take. I was thinking about, there was like monkeys clapping symbols in my uh, head. Okay. I was just lost. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 You were just going to ruin the next segment. The, uh, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see him in a new, in a new scenario, in a new situation, um, to see what, you know, other offensive coaches may be able to do with him, whether it's, um, whether he goes to Philadelphia, whether he goes to Milwaukee, Miami, all the other teams that have been mentioned, Brooklyn. Um, I want to see what they can do with him off ball, how they handle him with the ball, whether he, you know, reverts back to that ISO, you know, dribble move and step back, which we've all, we all know exactly what he's going to do when he gets the ball. So most likely, I, I, I don't know the actual percentages, like the breakdown of his different finishes and what have you, but I guess statistically he's most likely to do a step back. Or free throw or step back, yeah. I think is... James it's incredible how, just to that point, it's incredible how predictable his offense is, and yet he's so yeah. effective. I mean, I, you know, he's an, he's an amazing player a for machine. that reason. But he, he needs a new situation. He needs to go somewhere where he's not the main guy um, so he can learn to play NBA basketball again and yeah. not play Harden ball. Yeah, or Rockets ball for that matter. Rockets it kind of seemed like yeah. that was the, yeah. I just honestly, last point on Harden, I feel like he's made his bed and now he has to lay in it. Yeah. The way he's, you know, gone to the organization and went, I don't like Chris Paul. We don't get along. Yeah. And then he goes to, he gets Westbrook and he goes, yeah. you know what? I don't really like Westbrook either. Yeah. 
We used to be childhood friends, apparently. That was the rumor at the time of the yep. trade and what have you. Yep. It was supposed to work out. They're going to get along. They played in OKC. It didn't work out because Westbrook is not a good fit with Harden for many reasons. We saw that in the playoffs and in the regular season to some extent. I honestly think it's more the other way around. I think if you bring in an alpha guy like Russell Westbrook... That's true. You can't have a guy like James Harden on the roster. That's too much alpha. Well, Harden isn't a vocal guy. Yeah, that's true, actually. He's not a vocal guy. He's, um, Leads by example. Yeah, he's very uh, uh, emotive mm. as far as the way he plays basketball. It's, you know, it's animated. But His leadership style is not to vocally get in people's face. Whereas yeah. Westbrook does. And with seen the footage, or with actually, words. I really like the footage of him training with the Wizards. Yeah. It's, I, it's been impressive, man. I, I feel like we don't get to see that side of Westbrook. I agree, unless we haven't been paying attention, possibly. But I think you're right. I think mm. he's, yeah, he looks good. He's got a fresh start, and mm. that's good to see. And it's away from everyone else. I like that, too. Um, yeah. I just hope that he also doesn't revert back to trying to put up a triple-double and helping the team win, because they have a really good young core there. They have an and interesting if, team. If they can build with those guys, they've got some good defensive pieces, good offensive pieces, and Westbrook needs to come in and be the leader and not play that alpha role and be the, the boss yeah. he needs to go in and fit in um which you know we'll see if he can do that yeah back to Harden though um that article was really interesting uh the ESPN article mm, yeah um, which said that he I haven't got it in front of me of course because we're terrible at loading up things before we start talking about them um you're welcome yeah you guys can look at it yourself yeah the um the article was basically saying that um, Houston have made their bed and now they have to lay in it. Not so much Harden. Ah, they flipped it. Yeah, they mm. flipped it. So James Harden, uh, from the moment he arrived, was given everything he ever wanted. He was never told no, which is when he decided he wanted a good point guard there or he was going to leave. And that's what he told the organization. So they trade for Chris Paul. Chris Paul arrives. Chris Paul doesn't like the way that Harden trains. So Chris Paul is constantly speaking to James Harden, telling him that he needs to train harder. Not only that, but Chris Paul is on record saying he didn't like how uh, James Harden would stand off the ball and not cut or yeah. show any real yeah. interest in doing anything if he didn't have the if ball. He didn't have the ball. So yeah. that's kind of, you know, that's frustrating. I can imagine for someone like Chris Paul. Yeah. They just, yeah, they didn't get along. I don't know who you could argue that Chris Paul is as alpha as Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So again, to your point, yeah. he Harden wants to be the guy. Mm. And if he's not, it becomes a problem. That seems to be the, the issue. Yeah. So I can't see him fitting in in Brooklyn. I can't see him fitting in in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid. I can't see him working in Miami with Jimmy Butler. Definitely not. If, he's not a heat guy. If he doesn't defend. I think he will defend, but I just don't think he's a good fit for that team. I, I mean, I've got like a whole list of tra potential suitors, and I don't like him on the heat. Uh, the, I mean, the Sixers are probably the best haul mm. for, the, for Harden, but I don't know if they're the best fit. Mm. Actually, no, sorry. The Nets are the best haul yeah. for the Rockets, but the Sixers might be the best fit. I don't think Embiid is that alpha type of guy. I think if you give Harden the ball because of their play styles, it would be potentially a nightmare pick and roll. Yeah. So I kind of like that fit. However, I mean, just on this point, I don't want to go too much into it. I want Simmons and Embiid to stay together. I hope that trade falls through if there's anything in the works because there's been a lot of rumors recently. Daryl Morey sorry, has been shooting them down. Uh, but he's the GM. He's going to do that. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, no matter where Harden goes, it'll be interesting to see how he fits with the new guys, given the perception that he has right now and how he fits into the new team and how they welcome him or don't welcome him if that happens. Yeah. So yeah, keep an eye on James Harden. Yeah, that's that's probably the most in- interesting conversation that's come out of this week is big time. What's going to happen with James Harden? So we wanted to start with it. I I don't know. I really don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Houston wants three first round picks and a star, not a superstar, a star. So I don't know where you're getting that. Uh, in <laughs> I guess it's Simmons or it's. Like like I said, the Nets would be the best haul. Yeah. Karis Levert probably isn't a star. Dinwiddie. Although I really like I like Levert and Dinwiddie together. Yeah. That's a you could say they combine to make the equivalent of a star. But well, they Levert's, have more, more depth. Probably on the on the cusp. He's he's, probably, he's close. He is close. He's like if he had a two K rating, I'd give him like an eighty five. He's cusping. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a new TJ word. That's TJ Warren's two K rating. Is it eighty five? Oh man. Okay. They overhyped uh, Bubble TJ Warren way too much. Way too much. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Um, so I actually had one last thing I wanted to say about the preseason. Yep. Um, I was wondering how early can a team offer a Supermax to a player? Yeah. Because, like, why wait with Taylor Horton Tucker? Just sign him now. Wow, bandwagon. Five-year max extension right now. Do you know how old he is? Isn't he, like... 13 he looks about 40 he d- he looks he looks about 30 i'll give him that he looks like Isn't an he old 19 man? he's 19 he just turned 20 wow just turned 20 and he was picked up in the second round he fell a long way in the draft um yeah i think he had some injury issues there were some other things questionable about him ke- heading into the draft i think they don't like that he's what is he six four yeah. he doesn't quite he, the classic oh he's not a point guard not a shooting guard oh no that might be a problem. Yeah, what are we going to do? Yeah. And then you've got players like Luka Doncic, who's six foot seven and carries the ball up the court. It's dominating. Ben Simmons, 6'10". Like, I don't know. I, I have no idea what NBA front offices think about players. Sometimes um, it seems like they don't, and they just pick it out of the hat. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, PJ Washington's another one that got by all the NBA front uh, offices. A big guy that can shoot and rebound. What? I know. And you just leave him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't understand. Um yeah, I like Talon Horton Tucker. His uh, preseason has been really good. But again, oh man, you just can't. You can't make an assumption off the back of preseason. No. It's too... It's too We're coming back down to earth here. Yeah, sorry. Talon Horton Tucker's played really well. Down. He's played really well. Um, but not that well. He, he could be a good piece this season. It's just going to be a completely different ball game once you get the best players on the court. And he's coming up against Giannis. You know, it's a, it's a different breed. You well, can't. just the regular season is a different breed, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I agree with that. Best players on the court. The eight best players, you're not getting those second and third rotation guys in there. Um, so, yeah, he's going to struggle a little bit, I think. I think it's bound to happen. I mean, he's essentially going to be, not rookie, but it's going to be a new season. He's still really young. Like you said, he just turned 20. Yep, so, just turned 20. I mean, I think at best he could steal Kuzma's minutes this year. Yep. Although Kuzma's definitely an important piece to that team for now. We'll yep. see how that goes with trade rumors and stuff. But, um, yeah, that was my uh, wrap on preseason. Did you have any last thoughts? No, that's, you covered everything that I wanted to cover. So, you know, I didn't really have uh, 
anything different to you, so there was nothing nothing there I could I could even go on the back of. Um, the only other, actually, I just wanted to give another shout out to Halliburton. Um, oh right, man, his preseason. Teams are watching that going. How did we miss this? How did we miss a guy this good? Because Buddy Hield now, <laughs> what do you do? As the Kings, you, you, I, I guess you wait a little bit into the season to see if he can you know, keep that kind of production up. But this guy was yeah. great on offense. His defense is unquestionably good, which was the biggest question mark heading into the draft for him. And now teams are watching it going, what? why didn't we get on this earlier? It's, uh, it happens every year. Yeah. The, there's a guy that falls through the cracks and other teams go, what, yeah. what happened? Yeah, how did why we miss this? Th- was, like, you almost have to think there was something that happened in a workout yeah. where the scouts were saying, ooh, X on that. Or, yeah. you know, they put something in the X column, like, oh, shooting, missed a few shots here. Yeah. And it just, that information gets passed on, and then the GM goes, oh, okay. Like the Knicks, they yeah. might have gone, oh, okay, Obi Toppin. And then yeah. they pick Obi Toppin instead of Halliburton. Yeah. Halliburton. Who really struggled yesterday, by the way, Obi Toppin. Yeah. He actually, like, you know, his, his defense is not good. Sorry, Knicks fans. It's... It's not good. Room for improvement. Yeah. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm not going to lie. I don't like to come out of the closet with that one too much. I like to keep You're it under wraps. You're not a Knicks fan. You like that. You want to see the Knicks do well. I honestly, I would say I'm a Knicks fan, but not like super fan. Like I'm not okay. Spike Lee out here. Okay. I'm a Spike Lee for the Raptors, but not the Knicks. <laughs> okay. Um, right. But I'll yeah, I, I want to see the that. Knicks do well. Um, I really do. They've just been mm. absolutely horrid for so many years. So, mm. I mean, it's kind of like, you're desensitized to their terribleness. Yeah. But missing on Halliburton is a classic, like, yeah, of course they did. Look, Obi Toppin's got plenty of time to turn things around. That's, I'm just saying, from the footage yesterday, playing against Cleveland, he wasn't Struggled. good. Yeah, he wasn't good. Like, it, it's flat out. That's just what it was. Like, just call it what it is. Yeah, he'll get better. Was it Cleveland they played yesterday? Man, I need to fact check myself so often. That's I, all right. Um... So, yeah, we'll wrap up the preseason there. Um, I also I wanted to say Isaac Okoro was really good. Isaac Okoro, oh, yeah. really good. Really good. Like, Surprisingly good? Man, everyone was saying he hasn't got a jump shot. He can't shoot threes. Wow. Man, <laughs> Isaac Okoro is one to watch. He is a good pickup for Cleveland. Yeah. They've actually done a really good job um, in trying to make the roster more competitive, picking up JaVale McGee. He's a good locker room guy. Um, and then Isaac Okoro, just, man, yeah. Really good. Very impressive. How about that? That's a turnaround of a career, isn't it, JaVale McGee? He's really made something yeah. of his talent. Yeah. He used to be a head case, not a head case, but like he was the front man for Shacking a Fool. Yeah. So to, and, to and see what's happened to him, I think going to the Warriors franchise was beneficial for his mindset. He's a genuine leader. Like he really is. He's, I think so. He's done a really good job to turn his career around from being a guy that everyone kind of looked at and went, oh, not You just had a laugh. And now he's... A uh, floor runner, rim runner, um, rim protector, more than just a dunk and run back on D and stay on D. You got to pay attention to him when he's on the floor. Yeah. That's why he works well with the well. Lakers. He's done really well. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very impressed with uh, what he's done with with his career and trajectory. He's, uh, yeah, he's changed a lot. So, uh, sorry, did you want to wrap up on Okoro? Was there anything else? Now, I'll just wrap up on Okoro. Sweet. That's it. That's all I've got. 
Uh, the only other guy I wanted to mention was Chuma Akiki, who I was bragging to you about yesterday um, for Orlando Magic. He is very good. He was actually drafted last year. He was a draft and stash. He was the 16th pick or 13th pick. Um, but just I'm not going to lie. I thought you said his name was Tumeric. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, who are you talking about? Chuma Okiki. Yeah. Chuma. Chuma. That's a good name. Yeah. He, we'll call him Tumeric. That's his nickname now. He, he was picked 16th by Orlando. I shouldn't have questioned myself. I said 16th or 13th. He was picked 16th. Um, bet so, on yourself. Learn from Fred Van yeah, Vliet, man. Bet on yourself. Don't question your own takes. Um, but Chumara Kiki looks really good for Orlando. So that's another uh, interesting situation in Orlando. They really need to move off those guys that have been stalemate on the roster for the last five years. Couldn't and agree they more. just won't get rid of them. Just move on. Stop trying to develop. <coughs> Evan Fournier. <laughs> Stop trying to develop guys that aren't developing. Just You've There's just too the much mediocre. Yeah. That's man. it. Mediocre. And they yeah. have good pieces there. Well, they just make that. They just like. The last two years, they've scraped into the playoffs. Like, seventh. Yeah. Eighth. Exactly. You know, like... And then they had, on. like, a little scare against Toronto. It was like, ooh, they won game one. Ooh. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. Move on. Garbage. Just move on, Orlando. Please. Nice pieces, but Please. they need to make a trade. They I think need to keep Markel. Markel has a long way to go. Um, Interesting. He needs time. Like, he's a point guard. Point guards take a while. Like, you only need to look at Steve Nash's career to say that point guards need time in the NBA. It does, Chris that's Paul true. actually did need a little bit of time. He was great when he came in, but we've seen his career develop to now being able to control a game from start to finish and not just have that sporadic impact. Um, it takes time. So it does, yeah. I don't want to say that Markel Fultz is a bust. I don't think he's it's a bust. It's too early. I, think I hate that. that. He needs, Year two and we're calling people bust. Year he three. He needs time. He, he is a point guard. They have the ball in their hands more than any other player on the court. Yeah. He needs time to know what to do with it, where to go, hold on to the ball, when to when to drive, when to shoot, when to pass. Like, man, it's, yeah. I like him. I think Orlando made a good pick up there, but they have a lot of stale pieces on that roster. Yeah. Well, that was quite a spiel on Orlando. Um, that's because kind of we didn't cover them in any of the previous episodes. We haven't talked about Orlando at all. This is just pent-up energy, really. Um, I just wanted to do a quick homer corner on preseason. Okay. Hit me. Um, so. The hat's turned around. This is bad. Um, Aaron Baines. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> is first team all NBA. Wow. First team all defense. Wow. Book it. Damn. Get your money out. Put bets on it. I don't care where you do your bets. If you're in Canada and you're betting through uh, Lotto Quebec or whatever. Book it. If you're yeah. here doing tab or sport bet, do sport it. Bet. Yep. He's uh, he's an Australian worth betting on. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm basically I'm just happy to add a Popovich University graduate as usual. We've done it with Danny Green, Corey Joseph, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. They always work out for the Raptors. Masai Jiri knows exactly what he's doing, uh, despite the fact that they lost Marcus and Serge Ibaka. That hurts a lot. But Aaron Baines is a good replacement. Um, don't know how I feel about Alex Len. TBH, but uh, we'll find out. I think he's a good NBA player. But yeah, we'll just call him a, the, the nominal bench center for now. Pascal Siakam is back to his usual MVP candidate self as well. He's looking really good after... MVP candidate? Yeah, he had a pretty shoddy uh, bubble performance just all yeah. the way through. I think he just... Apparently, he didn't touch a basketball during the break of the pandemic. I c- 
Yeah. I Which don't seems unlikely. Players that, but players that didn't do that. Fuck. Didn't even touch a basketball. It just seems weird. hard to believe. I agree. Like, I would have thought that a lot of them would be taking advantage of the time. Seems like it's a, almost an excuse. As to but at why the same time, good. like, let's keep it real. They were in America. Yeah, true. And, okay. like, we don't know the yeah. restriction. Well, some states care, some don't, to be honest. It's a bit of a mix over there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it would have been difficult, I would imagine. Although some players, yeah, it's just hard to believe, to be honest. They didn't touch basketball. But yeah. regardless, Pascal looks great. I'd love to see Spicy P back to his uh spicy ways spicy ways. keeping it spicy because yeah. he is so important to the team i think people used to overrate him a bit calling yep. him Kawhi 2.0 yep that's a stretch um but he can win mvp don't okay. doubt that uh, and last thing for homer corner malachi flynn aka ginger curry you're my guy uh 29th pick in the first round he's winning unanimous rookie of the year book it <laughs> i'm not i'm not playing he, no. looks, he looks fire yeah. in the preseason. Oh, he's got red hair, so... Not just that, but, like, his shooting hand, fire. Shooting hand? It's just wet. Oh, it's wet. Every time he shoots is wet. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So him and uh, him and Matt Thomas, the new Splash Brothers? Yeah. Oh, wow. There was a picture that went around where it, it basically... It's a Peter Parker meme where he takes the glasses off or he puts them on. And it, the first picture is Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. The second picture is Matt Thomas and Malachi Flynn. Yep. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah. In Raptor land, we good. So that's Homer Corner over for the Raptors. That's it. That's all we have for Homer Corner. I, I have a, you know, it's not even really a Homer type of take. It's just like, I think that Tyler Hero is, well, from what I saw in, in preseason, which is not an indication of the team we're going to get through the season, didn't actually see a lot of Precious Achua, mm. which I was pretty upset about because I would have liked to. Then again, I haven't watched the game today, the game that's on right now. Toronto, Miami, we might see a bit more of Precious. Um, but Tyler Hero played a lot of point guard in the first Is that right? preseason game. He did play a little bit of point guard throughout the season last year, but it wasn't you know, full-time. It, w- it was a bit sporadic. Um, but yeah, they ran him pretty much point guard the whole game the other night. So... Um, if that's going to be the case this season, I can see him having a very good uh, assist total. So if you're looking at over-unders on assists, if it's plus three, always take the over with Tyler Hero. That's all I'm saying. You heard it here first from Josh. Take the over. Yeah. Uh, I picked Tyler, Tyler Hero to win most improved player, so I'm on board with that. Yep. I have no disagreement. Um, but yeah, that was Homer Corner. Thanks for listening. Uh, the next thing we should get into, I think, is three players to watch this season in yep. the regular season. Um, for me, I'll start with my first one, RJ Barrett. I had RJ too. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Way to go. I had RJ. I can't say I love RJ. Uh, he's Canadian, so I have, to, I have to put on for him. He was the number three overall pick last year, and he plays for the Knicks. You guys do the math on that one. Not a great fit for that. Um, they've had a rotating amount of coaches. Uh, that made no sense, but they just keep getting new coaches in, and there's just been so much turnover yeah. that it's hard to establish an identity, a bit of culture there. The culture is losing. Yeah. So I think bringing in Thibodeau should benefit RJ yep. and the rest of the team for that matter. Maybe not everybody necessarily, 
Uh, they're probably going to shake it up with some trades if they start to have some success. Yep. But I like RJ this year, man. I think he's going to have a good season. Probably not an all-star, but I'd like to see him, like, keep an eye on him going forward. They're taking on a, a leadership role there, which is yeah. something that Tom Thibodeau will encourage, especially out of a guy like RJ. Um, I can see him playing a lot of point guard because they haven't got a point guard there, so he might take on that ball-dominant role. Well, sorry to cut you off. They do have Alfred Payton, who's not bad, although he is going to be a... He's going to be a bad, but he's not good. I didn't. Yeah, I agree. Very mediocre. (laughs) But I think RJ Barrett definitely will have a primary ball handler role for sure. I wouldn't say he's going to be the point guard, but I mean, it's getting into semantics. So he's going to have the ball in his hand a lot more this year than he did last year. Agreed. Um, And I can see him shooting a lot more this year. He didn't really show that outside touch, um, which he showed a lot of in high school. Didn't really show it in college. Was very average from outside. He has improved his free throw shooting from all reports. Um, which is very important considering he only shot like 65% from were the those, line. Were those reports Nick's Twitter or what? No, they weren't Nick's Twitter. They were actually uh, reported by Nick's uh, reporters. Oh, okay. Not Nick's Twitter, but <laughs> Nick's reporters. And Hashtag also, Nick's tape. Uh, the Nick's um, uh, commentators were talking about it the other day as well, saying that he has worked a lot on his shot in preseason of um, training camps and all of that. So Good to hear. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's that's such an important part of a, a shooting guard's game is being able to get to the line and convert. So um, yeah. I hope to see a lot more of RJ this season. Um, we didn't really get to see a lot of him on prime time last year, so hopefully he can kind of lift them up to prime time watchability. I agree. Um, yeah, with, with guys like Obi Toppin who, you know, has that highlight reel dunk package. Um, and RJ Barrett can also put on a couple of highlight reel dunks. Um, and they he's might. Plays. He's a yeah, great player. Yeah, he is. He's really good. And he showed a couple of you know really uh, clever ways of getting to the basket the other night that he possibly didn't show last year. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to watch RJ. No doubt. Uh, I just wanted to say one last thing. Fun fact about him: you may not know, Josh. Steve Nash is his godfather. I think I have heard that before. Okay. Yeah, I think I his have. Dad, RJ Barrett's dad, is obviously really close. Well, the parents would be close to Steve Nash. I was kind of blown away by that fact, but it's pretty cool. I think yeah. he has good a good support system. That's why I like RJ. Yeah. Um, he has a willingness to work hard, get better. Yep. Uh, and he has a passion for the game. So I think it goes back to him being the main guy in New York as well. Whereas you look at guys that took to the court quicker last year, like Ja Morant's rise was absolutely spectacular unprecedented like unbelievable but the the difference between rj and ja is ja came into an already pretty stable system in memphis they've, established they've always been there or thereabouts you know they've had marcus yeah they don't fall off really exactly yeah. so the, that's the difference i think between rj and ja ja came into a really good system New Orleans already had guys there that could take a lot of that pressure off Zion, so Zion could only play his role, and he did it really, really well. Yeah. Whereas RJ had to kind of come up with his own way of playing basketball in New York and dealing with New York media and oh, dealing man. with New York fans New York and the media owner. Is, man. New York media is pretty insane, Yeah. Uh, to yep. say the least. Yep. They're always all over the Knicks, good, bad, anywhere in between. Yep. Uh, it's fanatical there. And it's really good to see. There's really smart fans in New York. Like, they're a good basketball crowd. When the garden is on fire, man, yep. not literally, <laughs> yeah. when the garden is going bonkers, yep. it's an exciting game to watch. Yeah. Yep. Um, but unfortunately, they haven't had a lot to cheer about. So I'm hoping no. RJ, Tibbs, and the gang can get back in I heard that the right around. form. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, next on my players to watch list would be John Morant, as you just mentioned. Uh, his ascension to I mean, superstardom virtually yep. was pretty incredible to watch last season. Um, he uh, should only get better overall. I think he's just a great point guard to have. I mean, arguably already better than Mike Conley. That mm-hmm. might be a bit of a hot take, but he's more athletic. Uh, he's more dynamic. I think he just sh- suits today's NBA better. I think that's all you really need to say about Ja. Absolutely. I think he's going to have a good season. Him and Triple J are a great combo. And then they have some nice pieces around them as well. I would like to see them improve their roster a bit. Yep. Uh, I love Valanchunas, but they might need to move him uh, for somebody a bit more modern. JV is a bit of a throwback center, which I like in some contexts, but he isn't necessarily the right fit for that team, yeah. in my opinion. Yep. I can agree with that. Who do you got, Josh? Who who can you say we should watch this year? I have Miles Emmanuel Bridges. Emmanuel? Yes, Ooh. that's his middle name. Okay. Uh, Miles Bridges is an entertaining player to watch. He's very athletic. He's good defensively. He has a lot of potential to be really good on the defensive end. He's very long. Um, and Super he, athletic. He can get his hand on the ball. So I'm looking for him to have... A breakout season. He went from seven points in his rookie season to 13 last season. So instant improve, uh, improvement there by five points. He played more minutes, obviously. But as far as his, uh, uh, his shooting, the, all the splits went up, which is you know what you want to see. Definitely. Um, and I can see him getting even more minutes um, this season, especially playing with a good point guard, which is something he hasn't had yet. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, and I think Lamelo can find him the ball they've, they've already shown pretty good chemistry in the preseason I a lot think of alley-oops a lot of alley-oops it's nice to see um you know i kind of messaged you yesterday when the, the hornets were playing and i was saying that as soon as Lamelo came on the court the whole team kind of lifted they Perked all up rallied bit. they were all like oh we're gonna actually get the ball here yeah because they started with this awful five charlotte that is they started with a terrible five on the court do you remember it uh, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, Cody Martin, PJ Washington, and Tyler Zeller. Okay, pretty mediocre. Yeah, and the problem was that every time they went up the court, it was Terry Rozier taking an ISO and then step back three-point shot, and he bricked it. Doing Terry Rozier things, essentially. Yeah, yeah. and look, Scary Terry is an anomaly because we're never going to see Scary Terry again. I don't think so either. I agree. I feel, I feel bad uh, for Scary Terry because I actually really enjoyed that playoff run. But, uh, he cooked Bledsoe like a steak. <laughs> he did, he it was did. fun to watch. It was really good. I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed that whole playoff series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like the way that Miles Bridges plays basketball. He's an entertaining guy. He's athletic. He can shoot the three. He needs to do it more. They need to get him open looks. He's a good corner shooter. Three and D, a bit like Rocco, I can see his ceiling being. Robert Covington, I just said Rocco like everyone's going to know his nickname. Robert Covington, I can see him being that kind of player. Um, very good impact defensively. And yeah, I, I can see him making a good step up. He's one to watch this year. Absolutely. Uh, my last guy to watch would be Devin Booker. I expect big things out of him. Um, he had a phenomenal bubble, as probably all of you saw. Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns is going to be matched with Chris Paul now in the backcourt, primary ball handling duo, uh, virtually unmatched, I would say, yep. uh, or very few since the Splash Brothers are out. 
I like that team for a lot of reasons. Yep. I think Booker can only go he can only continue to go up. He's still like twenty four years old. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's nuts. I mean his skill level is insane. It's he had crazy. a step really back the other day. Uh, I believe they were playing I wanna say Charlotte. I can't remember who it was they were playing, but he like he was trying to drive in and the guy was bumping him and then he did a step back and he moved back like six like two meters basically and he was just open for a jump shot it was incredible and that type of skill level is hard to find so i think devin booker is going to have a big season this year probably around 24 25 points the usual you know four five six assists um those numbers may go up or down if chris paul is around because he's generally dishing the rock a lot so we'll see how that goes but it's not a big deal those two in the backcourt creating is phenomenal. Pair that with Aiton. I like Devin Booker this year. Yeah. Keep an eye on him. I like that take. He's super young, uh, playing with a good point guard. He's going to find more open shots off ball. Um, I could expect his shooting splits to go up, which is, you know, practically impossible for a guy that's almost 50, 40, 90. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, he, he could really be... You know. 60, 50, 100. Book it. Yes. No, probably not. <laughs> Just break all kinds of records. The other guy that I have to watch this season is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He is the only piece that the Thunder held on to, and they held on to him for a reason. No uh, doubt. Guy is a star. He is a very good NBA player. Very, very good. He went from 10 points in his rookie year to 19 points last season, and I can see that going up again, maybe even to like 25. Maybe, yeah. Um, and He'll be the guy. He will be, and his assist numbers um, can only go up. They were at 3.3, so he played a lot of off-ball, but he had Chris Paul. Now he doesn't, yeah. and I can see him being the main guy there, picking up you know, huge point numbers, They're uh, giving a lot him of assists, keys. and he deserves it. Like he, He's a really, really good player. He kind of surprised, he surprised me how good he was in his rookie year, mm. and then, yeah, last year he was phenomenal. Uh, obviously, he would have learned a lot from Chris Paul. Yeah. And I've listened to a podcast with him and uh, Woj on the Woj pod. Mm. And he sounds like a bright guy. Like, he's going to have a bright future. Um, that's a pretty hot take. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think he's going to have a great season as well. That's a good good point. He just needs to shoot more. That's the only thing yeah. with, with Shea. He, just, he will. He's got to find that confidence in his shot. Um, but I think being the main guy there and, and having all rookies around him, he's going to feel that responsibility. Seems like a really uh, good leader, um, good locker room guy, talks really well, communicates well. Yeah. He's like best friends with Chris Paul as well. Chris Paul absolutely loves Shay, talks about him all the time. Good to hear. He was in a uh, podcast the other day with JJ Reddick and yeah. was talking about how good Shay Gildas Alexander is and how much he really likes the way he plays and trains, um, which is a huge thing for a guy like Chris Paul. That's a uh, big, big praise to, yeah. to earn. I like it a lot. I, yeah, I think that uh, Shay's going to have a big year. Uh, and he, whenever Oklahoma playing, I'll be watching. Yeah, for Shay. Okay, sweet. Only for Shay. All right, man. They haven't got much else going for them. Okay, see. Yeah, they have Al Horford's bloated contract. And he could return too. That's another good point, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, I was going to say, they, they don't actually have Al Horford. They just have his contract. But if Al Horford shows up as well, that's cool. Like he, that could be good. I wasn't sure where that was going, but it all clicked. I got yeah. there eventually. He's uh, earning twenty-eight million dollars a year, which is yeah, that's crazy, effing insane. Yeah, I can. Uh, if he gets back to how he was playing with Boston, he's worth it. I would say. I mean, yeah, he'll be the starting center. 
and it should be a basically a, a rollover season for the Thunder where there's no pressure on them. I can see him coming in being the professional that he is for most years. Last year was a bit of a disaster, as everyone probably knows. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of expectations for him, but um, if they Thunder try to move him, not shocking. If they keep him just for his professionalism, leadership, yeah, good move. Yeah. Him and Shea should be a decent fit together. So, yeah, keep an eye out on the Thunder. I have a bonus player to watch. Yep. Um, sticking with the Thunder. And if you haven't heard enough Canada on the podcast, I've got two words for you. Lou Dort. Lou Dort. Lou Dort. I like Lou Dort. Lou Dort's sick. Yeah. I like his uh, feistiness. Like, yeah. he was getting after James Harden yeah. in the playoffs. Physicality, man. Oh, He's my phys- God. physical dude. He's crazy. Yeah. He's it's that, that defense. Like, I've talked to you about this so many times. The Canadian defense, unbelievable. We get after it. They're just like animals on D. You, yeah, we, like Steve pause, Nash. Pause, pause, <laughs> Sorry. Steve Nash aside, we definitely get after it on defense. Yeah, yeah. Steve I, Nash was never a great example of defense, but since then, we've done well. There's just so many good ones. Like O'Shea Brissett, he's an animal on D. Yeah, Ken Birch is another one, man. Just unbelievable on defense. He was playing the other night, and he was, as soon as he came on the court, the energy on defense. Yeah. And then to run the court, so he, he uh, stripped a player of the ball, just grabbed the ball out of his hands as he was running past him. Just okay. lightning quick, all ball, no foul. Wow. Took the ball, gets it to his point guard, which is the first thing you should do as a big man. Never try and dribble up the court. Unless you're Bam Adebayo. Unless you're Bam Adebayo, who can actually dribble at speed. Or Nikola Jokic, but anyway, your point stands. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> he gives it to the point guard, runs up court, and then dunks it at the other end. Yeah, And then on Crazy. De- just an animal on defense, man. He was guarding like three guys at the same time because obviously Orlando don't have the best defensive record in the NBA. But his ability to just turn it on and like jump from player to player... Um, the athleticism down low. Uh, I really like watching Ken Birch. It's just that Canadian defense. I, yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. It's pretty good, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lou Dort. Great. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Lou Dort? Lou Dort. I, I love like it. him. He's a, he's a great player. I think he has a good future, even as just a scrappy role guy. Yeah. At, at best, he'll be one of the best of those. He looks like game. a hate a hate kind of he player. He so does. Yeah. He'd be perfect on there. Yeah. Eric Spolster would Lou be like, Dort, max contract. Yeah, come here, Lou Dort. You can join Miami. Come here, Lou Dort. <laughs> Come here. All right. Um, so that wraps up uh, players to watch for the season. Um, the next thing we should touch on, um, I actually just had a random quick fact I wanted to share with you all. I thought it was pretty staggering to see. The uh, current luxury tax penalty per team. Every year that you're over the cap, you get taxed, and it compounds every year. So Golden State is number one, shockingly, $147 million in the tax, okay? Number two is the Brooklyn Nets at $59 million. That's insane. Almost three times the tax is wow. Golden State. I just was blown away. Like, I pulled this up on no my screen, and I went, whoa. What's that? No wonder why they moved to San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. That's a lot of money. It's a crazy amount. Um, but yeah, so that was just a quick fact for you guys um, to have your minds blown. So we're going to move on to some trade scenarios. And these are some scenario what ifs that Josh and I have cooked up. Um, I think they're going to be pretty interesting. So I'm just, 
you've seen my title. I've just seen your all your titles, and our trades are basically the same. I yeah. Are you serious? Oh, pretty much, man. Like, oh, man. there's not a okay. <laughs> there's not a whole lot there that's different. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, I'll lead us off here. Yeah, you um, actually uh, start with start with Harden. Who have you got, Harden? Okay. So I've got two Harden trades that make uh, the most sense to me. Um, aside from the Sixers, which seems to be the leading rumor, my first Harden trade uh, would be the Clippers in Houston, aka Houston. We have a problem. Um, we've got James Harden going to the Clippers. Houston in return gets Paul George and Luke Kennard. So a couple wing guys. Luke Kennard, a good shooter. Uh, for the Clippers, I think it makes sense to eliminate um, the Paul George headache. Yeah. Because it's just been... And that contract. Yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. Paul George contract, gross. Unbelievable. That is a gross I don't want to touch too much on it. Just look it up and it's, keep a bucket nearby for your throw up. It's bad. Um, but yeah, he is a headache and they need to get rid of him. I did have a question that... Will he fit with Kawhi? I think he could make it work more than Paul George. I think Harden's a more consistent offensive player than George, in my opinion. So I think Kawhi would appreciate that. Defensively, Harden's not known to get after it, necessarily. He's not a bad defender. That's, that's a common misconception about James Harden. Yeah, that is a misconception. He's... But I also don't think... like, Sorry to cut you off. I don't think his defense is anywhere near Paul George's level. No, you're right. They're comparing the two, I think that's mainly perimeter defense. Harden lets people go past him way too easy. Mm. But down low in the post, he's probably the best post-defensive point guard in the league. The wing, yeah, if you, wing if guy. You, if you're not counting um, you know, Ben Simmons as a point guard. You can't even really, yeah. As a guard, like you're counting him as a forward, then, yeah, you'd say that as a one or two, James Harden down low is a very, very good defender. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, you can't compare him to other forwards because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I like that trade for both teams at this stage. Yeah. Wall and George makes a little bit more sense than Wall and Harden for I Houston. I like that too, yeah. Uh, and Kennard bolsters their shooting. He yeah. can handle the ball a little bit. That's a good so, trade. So, yeah, I thought it was all right. It's, you know, it's kind of small. There's not a lot of people involved. There'd probably be some picks thrown in there, but I had Harden. Have Clippers got any left? I don't think they do. That's the thing. They yeah. probably have zero until 2030. Yeah. Oh, maybe well, they, gave up, that, but they gave up a lot to get George. Um, so I yeah. don't know how many they'd have left. But uh, yeah, interesting. I actually like that trade. I think both teams would benefit from it. Um, as long as, you know, Kawhi is happy with James Harden because I think that's where it'll fall over. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, that's funny you bring that up. That makes me think about how that would the Clippers would then have two guys who, aside from LeBron... It's hard to think of two guys who have had teams cater to them more yeah, than Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard and yeah, James Harden. Yeah. Like, that's two uh, pampered superstars. Well, Kawhi just gets whatever he wants whenever he wants it. Um, since he, you know, put in that finals MVP performance, his second. That playoff MVP. performance. Yeah, man, the whole place was incredible. But, yeah. And ever since then, he's just had a red carpet rolled out for him. He's uh, living off of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where have you got him going on the other trade? James Harden, uh, I would put him in another trade with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I called it the arrival of the Super Nets. Super so Nets. you would get Harden, obviously, and you would also include in there from Houston's side, Kenyon Martin Jr. And that's for cap purposes? Yeah, it's just yeah. to make the contracts work. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually realize Kenyon Martin Jr. was a NBA player. Um, the name stood out to me on the, pl the list of players, and I was like, oh. Kenny Martin Jr. Does he dunk like his dad? 
maybe not, but that would be cool. Um, do you have you seen Kenyon Martin highlights? No, I actually haven't. Oh, dude, yeah, he was like Blake Griffin before Blake Griffin, yeah, like okay. dunk wise, he was insane yeah. with the Nets and yeah. Jason Kidd. But anyway, uh, Kenyon Martin Jr., James Harden to the Nets. Houston gets Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, and picks. So really good haul for Houston. Yeah. Uh, I think that Houston gets a handful of nice pieces to pair with John Wall. They get some good depth. Uh, and Levert is one of the best value contracts in the league for yeah. what he offers. Yep. So that works for both teams in that regard. You have to start talking about um, the, the fit on, Houston, uh, on Brooklyn sorry, with the basically the big three of Irving, Harden, Durant. Does that work? Big three headaches. Just yeah. all three of them are absolute nightmares. It's like a double migraine. <laughs> it's like three headaches or two migraines. Oh, it's awful. I yeah, I that that is a disaster waiting to happen if Brooklyn go down that road. Uh, how are you ever going to get enough of them touches so they don't complain? You, it's not going to happen. There's not enough minutes in a game to make sure they all get thirty. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. They're, none of them are all going to get. Sorry, all three are not going to get thirty. In that scenario. And that's a problem. But that can be a problem. And yeah. I think the thing is, you're, you're kind of looking at a similar situation to what happened in uh, OKC yep. or Durant, where the offense was not necessarily a smooth operation. Yeah. Uh, you had Westbrook taking a lot of shots at the end of the shot clock, in clutch moments, taking terrible shots. Like Durant had countless clutch shots in OKC, but mm. you can count on multiple hands how many times... The ball should have just went to Durant, but Durant was passive. Now, granted, that was so many years ago. He could have a more alpha attitude nowadays with his injury and his training coming back. Who knows how he feels about dominating the ball. And he looks pretty good in preseason. He looks really good. So, But the fit, again, Harden-Irving is a headache backcourt. Irving more so than Harden, in my opinion, as we've already seen. I think they're as bad as each other. You just got to... I get what you're saying. Uh, Kyrie's a vocal headache, whereas James Harden seems to be the type to run to the manager and complain. Harden um, can be a body, to that point, he can be a body language headache. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, he'll just Irving, stand off ball and go, give me the ball. If we, yeah. we want to win, I need to have it. So, uh, Or if we lose and you didn't give me the ball, that's why we lost. I had the same trade. Uh, the reason I didn't put it out there, it's been talked about a lot, that trade. Um, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, Jared Allen to make the contracts work. That's basically the only thing Brooklyn can do. That's what you got to do. Unless they throw in uh, one of their young guys. Um, Kuroks. Yeah, Kuroks or Nicholas Claxton would be the other one you'd throw in. But that's basically just at, at Houston's preference. Um, they would take Kuroks. I don't know about Claxton. But Cla Claxton looks all right. He, you know, he looks okay. So <laughs> We'll leave it at that. You'd take a flyer on him, I guess. Give it a go. Yeah. Um, he's actually going to get minutes this year, according to Brooklyn. Where, how you fit him into a rotation with DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen, I don't know, because you'd have three centers running around there. But anyway, um, yeah, I think that's the only thing that Brooklyn can do and the only thing that they can offer. How many picks they throw in uh, dictates how long they actually want to be a good franchise. Right. Um, and dictates, you know, how quickly they blow it all up. Because yeah. you've you got to get rid of those assets. If it doesn't work, you've got to get rid of them while they're hot. Yeah. So, so, all right. So that's hardened. Did you have a hardened trade? I did have a hardened trade. Okay. This one's going to spice things up because everyone loves when I talk about trading Chris Middleton. So here we go. Ooh. Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez go to Houston. And in return, the Bucks get James Harden and PJ Tucker. Obviously, 
the wow. Bucks would need to throw in a couple of picks. Um, but I don't think they'd need to throw in that many giving up Chris Middleton. I actually think that uh, Houston would be pretty happy getting an asset like that. Um, it's, I guess that just falls on Giannis. How happy would Giannis be having a guy like James Harden? He's already complained. I think he wants guys on his team that pass the ball. He said that in an all-star game. How about the comments that Harden made? Was it last season where he went, uh, it doesn't take much skill to just dribble up the court and dunk? Yeah. He said that about Giannis. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just had that there as like a, you know, that's a, that's a home run type of trade. That's kind of... It's actually not a bad trade for both teams. I'm glad you brought that one to my attention. Because I think PJ's would be a good fit in Milwaukee. Um, having, they shoot threes like no tomorrow. PJ's is a perfect corner spot-up shooter. And he's a physical defender. Yeah. He won't let anyone go past him easy. Uh, he doesn't give up easy shots. He's absolute terror off ball as well. Yeah. Um, and he's a moving truck down low. So I think he's a good guy to have. And Brooke Lopez, like he's, he's signed up for the next three years on $12 million. How long uh, he can keep up his defensive impact. Um, I think that determines his, uh, it's determining on um, how athletic he can keep um, himself? Yeah, keep himself. How athletic he can keep himself? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I, I, that's an interesting way to phrase it, I guess. But yeah. I, do you really, got to do, Brooke. It's all about fitness and, and his athleticism because that's where, you know, he can make a move on defense and end up, you know, on top of a player blocking the ball. So, yeah. yeah How long enough. he can, he can uh, keep that up is interesting. But okay. Yeah. I kind of like that trade. Do um, you want to give a second one? I haven't got any other ones for, for um, James Harden, okay. but I, I do have one for Miles Turner. Oh, okay. Miles Turner. Interesting. Go ahead. So I have... Miles Turner of the Indiana Pacers, for anyone that's not aware. I have the Dallas Mavericks trading for Miles Turner. Hmm. And in return, Indiana pick up Dwight Powell and Dorian Finney-Smith. Okay. Uh, obviously, there'd need to be picks in that as well. Maybe one. I think would be enough for Miles Turner. Um, uh, just looking at Kristaps Porzingis, his health is an issue. It he's, certainly is. He's still not healthy. He's out this preseason, hasn't played basketball this preseason. Um, That's too bad, man. Getting, I really like him. I like him too. I just wish he could play more. Um, getting a guy like Miles Turner fixes that physicality down low. You wouldn't have to have. Chris Stapp's banging with, you know, the centers in the league. Like, Miles Turner would be the guy that comes in and guards Joel Embiid and guard those big guys rather than throwing Chris Stapp's yeah. out there. Um, That's fair, yeah. And he's, he's actually a very good plus defender. Um, Dwight Powell, not so much. Dwight Powell's, you know, probably a better shooter, which is, you know, debatable. But Miles Turner stretches the floor. Um, he wouldn't clog up the lane for Luka. I think he'd be a good good pickup for Dallas. That's actually a really interesting trade. Um, I like the, like, Dwight Powell is a great player. Again, Canadian. Mm. We can't get enough oh, today. Too many Canadians. Um, Where are they all coming from? Yeah. Canada. Probably Canada. <laughs> yeah. um, Dwight Powell is a really good fit on the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Miles Turner would be an interesting pivot for them. Yep. I do think that Miles Turner is a better shooter than Dwight at this stage. Yep. Uh, and a more effective protector of the rim. And defensively, he's pretty good. Um, but yeah, him and Porzingis are both sort of stretch four fives. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting fit. Although I'm going to push back on this trade because I think Dallas values Dorian Finney-Smith a lot more than you might think. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and that's why I had to put him in there for the defensive yeah. impact because 
you'd be picking up another defender. Good so for Indiana. It's good for Indiana. I don't know if Dallas would pull the trigger on that. Yeah, because Finney Smith is probably one of the best wing defenders in the league. Underrated, not, for sure. It, yeah. He doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, I actually like watching Finney Smith play. He's a dog. Like He, he reminds me a lot of um, Hollis Jefferson. Yeah. Um, just like the physicality, but he's a better shooter. If you have a double last name, you're a dog. Yeah. That's what it comes oh, to. Oh, clearly, yeah. Finney Smith, Hollis Jefferson. Yeah, like if you've got that, that name, you have to be a good defender. Otherwise, you're just not going to make it. Um, but yeah, they, that trade was only... Finney Smith was only put in there because Indiana need wing defense um, yeah. with TJ Warren, who, you know... He's is, okay on defense. Well, down I mean, low, he really struggles on the perimeter. He does. He, he gets beaten fair. far too often. Um, but yeah, I, I can see that trade go, only going through if uh, Dallas can't get Chris Stapps back out on the court. They mm. need a proper five because <laughs> no one else is quite going to cut it. Maxi Kleber... Um, I wouldn't want them to let go of Maxi Kleber. He actually looks pretty good heading into this season. Mm. Um, he's been lights out shooting from good distance this, this preseason. Yeah. So I've been pretty, uh, pretty happy with how Dallas has run out. But yeah, they need a big man and Miles Turner fills that gap. Yeah. Maxi Kleber is like the poorest of poor men's Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, German stretch five. There you go. So I actually had a Miles tr- uh, Turner trade as well. Um, so it's funny you brought him up. I have... Indiana and Chicago instead of Dallas. Okay. I called this trade missionary. It's boring, but it's effective for both parties. <laughs> I like it. Both teams can win here. Yep. Um, so Indiana gets... I'm not sure that our partners would agree with that statement. Oh, it's definitely yeah. a one-way party. I mean, a one-way, <laughs> yeah. One-way fun street. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Um, Indiana gets Thaddeus Young again. So yep. he used to play there for a few years. Yep. Wendell Carter Jr., who's a nice young uh, big man. I like that. And Ryan Archidiacono from mm. Villanova, uh, scrappy young uh, guard wing guy. So shoots lights out too. He's a good yeah, he's shooter. Good. He's a good shooter. leader. I like yeah, him yeah. as a leader, vocal guy. He surprised me last season. He was probably one of the only bright spots on that Chicago team. With I, no coach, he actually, you know, coming from undrafted to what he was able to do last year was pretty impressive. Okay. Interesting. Yep. I thought he was pretty good. He stood out to me uh, amongst a pile of steaming doo-doo. Uh, <laughs> the Indiana Pacers get those three. So for me, that opens up the starting lineup for Sabonis to not be clogged up a bit with uh, Turner. I didn't like that fit. Sabonis is the guy you want to keep. Um, he's a, again, not a poor man's Jokic, but he he does a good impersonation of Jokic for me. He's got great court vision. He gets after it on the boards. And he scores very well. Yep. He's got good genes, man. Again, yeah. NBA bloodline. Um, Arvidas Sabonis used to be a stud big yep. man in the NBA and overseas in Europe. Yep. Um, Thaddeus Young was a good fit for them in past years. So I think he fits nicely next to Sabonis if you want to start him yep. or go a different direction. Uh, He's just very similar to TJ Warren. That would be the only thing that I have there. Is Somewhat like, similar. Yeah, Thad Young's kind of like a, a poor TJ Warren who doesn't really stretch the floor as well. That's fair, yeah. yeah. And they also get Carter Jr. to come off the bench. I so. do like that move. I think that's the one where yeah. they pull the trigger if Wendell... They wouldn't even have to exchange picks if they threw in Wendell Carter Jr. because you don't know what his ceiling is yet. He hasn't had a good coach. He yeah. hasn't had a good system. He hasn't really had anything to go off. So um, I like that move. That's good. Yeah. I like it. It's okay for both teams. Yeah. Again, boring but effective. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't necessarily move the needle a lot more no. for Indiana. So sake, because you're clearing up the miles Turner thing where it's never really worked with him and Sabonis. Yeah. So then Chicago obviously gets miles Turner. They also get Jalen LeCue, 
Uh, I hope I said his last name right. And I, I threw in some Lacroix. Lacroix. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's French. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's. I mean, yeah. We yep. butchered your name, Jalen. I'm really sorry. Sorry, Jalen. Uh, Lacroix. I think it's. I'm gonna go with Lacroix. And <laughs> they also. I threw in some picks for them just to make it sort of enticing for uh, Chicago. So it's a good big uh, big man pickup for the Bulls. Uh, they improve from Carter to Turner. Uh, fits well next to Markinen, who is a stretch five slash four. Uh, they also get off Thaddeus Young's contract, which is not terrific um, for what it is, for his value. You were right. It's the Q. It's the Q? Yeah. I know my stuff. Yep. And uh, like I said, it offers a good fit with Markinen. Just but made yeah, that up. just made up that he was French too. It's <laughs> like from downtown Manhattan. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's French, there's French people in Manhattan, but is that where he's born? Yeah, New York, New York. There you go. Went to high school in New Hampshire. I'm sorry, Jalen. Just made up your entire history. Jalen Lecroix. Yeah, I thought he was French. I thought he was a whatever. Look, it doesn't even matter what I have to say. Just continue, please. Get I'll take me, it. From get here. me out of this. <laughs> I'll take it from here. Uh, I'm gonna move on to a uh, kind of an obscure trade that I had thought of, but I called this one the the Clippers ship is sinking slash Josh's dream come true. Oh, don't you worry. I've made this move too. You yeah, the, yeah. you've mentioned this before. Yeah, you really want to get Derrick Rose to the Clippers. <laughs> I want to get him. Out of Detroit, please, please save my man. Please save D Rose. I don't even think it has to do with the Pistons. Like you just don't want to be in Detroit. Send him anywhere, please. Just get him out of get him out of Detroit. Get him somewhere where he can win. That's the biggest thing for me. Deserves it. He needs to be on a winning team to see actually how good he is because you can't show it on a (laughs) a team like that. I'm not gonna lie. When Derrick Rose, like I really love Derrick Rose and his story, and like I'm really happy that he's gotten back to the level he has when he was an MVP man, he was must see TV. He was. And as a grown man, I, I got watery eyes when he had that 50 point game in Minnesota. Oh man. That was special. That was beautiful. That was special. It really was. It was one Um, of my favorite moments, like as an NBA fan Yeah. to see him get back there. And then, you know, to show all of that emotion on court to be like, it was unreal. Yeah. No one ever thought I was going to come back here. 50 points and the game saving block. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. shout Absolute out to Derek. Legend. So yeah, definitely a legend. Um, youngest MVP ever at this stage. Could be taken over by Luka Doncic. Yeah. Could you heard be. it here first. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I have him going to the Clippers in exchange for Lou Will, who I don't want to have on my team in the playoffs. Um liability defensively. defensive we talked about it last episode just yeah. like walk right on by me if you're if you lou will's defending just dribble past him you're good i addressed that too uh, in my trade okay. i addressed that that issue was it well. the same trade no because i have it straight up very different so you just have lou will for d rose straight up no wow. picks no fuss okay so you looked at the contracts too uh yeah okay it needs to work that way yeah yeah so it's one year they're both on one years they are, yes. Okay. So it's really, yeah, it is. It's just straight up. So you think picks change hands, maybe a second? I think uh, both teams, I mean, uh, Detroit, to be honest, I don't know why Detroit would want to make this move, but I want it to happen for Derrick Rose. Yeah. Um, I think the Clippers would just be like, okay, we need to get rid of Lou Williams. What can we do? They get Detroit on the on the phone. They butter up Lou Will a little bit. And next thing you know, he's in Detroit. Okay. That's my view of it, but uh, 
What was you? You had the same exact trade? No, I I had a big three team trade. Oh. Yeah, I had okay. the Clippers trading with Detroit and San Antonio. Wow. Yeah. So I had the Clippers giving up Pat San Beverly Antonio. and Paul George. Okay. Go on. In return, they received Demar Derozan, Derek Rose, Lucas Samanic, Tyler Zeller, Kata Bates Diop, and another guy's name who I can't pronounce from the Pistons for cap purposes. That's his full name. Yeah. Sur- Sur- another Sur- guy Rose. from the Pistons that I can't pronounce his name for cap purposes. Yes, that's his name. Uh, and that's, I believe that's in Croatian. Like, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's translated from Croatian to English. So I did that for you. You don't need to Google it. Um, Yeah, I I think that they need help on wing defense. You know, if they give up on Paul George, uh, which I, you know, they really should. Um, San Antonio would need some picks in return. It's DeMar's last season as well. So I can see them probably moving off that contract. Yeah. Trying to get an asset in return. It's time. Picking up Derek Rose um, for a good point guard uh, rather than playing Reggie Jackson, which is what they did for part of last season. Don't even talk about Reggie um, Jackson, man. And Pat Beverly, who's you know an absolute dog on defense. He'd really suit Detroit basketball. I yeah. think that Detroit would get behind a guy like Pat Bev. Um, and then landing some good bench uh, options for the future, like Lucas Samanic. He hasn't really shown anything yet, but you know he's got a bit of potential. And Kata Bates Diop, who is on a two-way, I believe, with San Antonio. But okay. he, he's a good player. He is a good player. He, he just needs time to develop. He, he's pretty raw, um, athletic, um, shows a lot, of, uh, a lot of promise. But, yeah, I can see them, uh, San Antonio, moving off DeMar this season. So I think the Clippers should jump on it, get another guy um, instead of Paul George. Um, right. If Kawhi is happy with that. I was going to say, it's funny when you think about it. So the Spurs get Paul George. So they've turned Kawhi Leonard into Paul George. Yeah. Which isn't like the worst thing ever. No. But considering the situation they had, it's funny. I remember at the time, I don't want to digress too much, but I remember at the time when they traded Kawhi and Danny Green to Toronto for uh, DeRozan and Jakob Pertl, it was considered a major victory for the Spurs Mm. because... You know, DeRozan had a good, well, he still has a good reputation, but he was a known commodity, whereas Kawhi was the unknown commodity. Yeah. And then Kawhi just went scorched earth on everybody and yeah. destroyed the playoffs. Yeah. So it's funny how that flipped really fast. Yeah. Um, I still love DeRozan, uh, like still probably number two Raptor of all time. So shout out to you, DeRozan. You did your thing. Um, but his value isn't quite what it should be, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think because that, that value is fallen, it's important that Clippers get some young players in return, which would be the only sticking point, I think, for a team like San Antonio, where they made their entire roster on developing guys who everyone had given up on or not drafted in the first place. Kind of has, yeah. Um, yeah, so that would be the only sticking point for them. But yeah, I can see them moving off to Mar purely just to get something back because they don't like letting people go in free agency. So. The other good thing with the trade for the Spurs that you've mentioned here is that it clears out a bit of uh, playing time for the young guys they have in the backcourt. Yeah, yeah. So you have guys like Lonnie Walker, who I really like. He's super athletic, mm-hmm. uh, very confident player. Uh, Derek White, who was great in that playoff series against the Nuggets, and he's he's still been really consistent since then. Uh, a guy like Keldon Johnson, who's really nice to have potentially off the bench, maybe starting Patty Mills as well. 
and DeJounte Murray. So, like, if you clear out DeRozan, uh, plug in Paul George as more of a forward, yeah. then you might be able to play more young guys, which is what the Spurs are heading towards anyway. Yeah. So, for the development's sake, um, I think that's a actually pretty good trade. They drafted pretty well as well, Trey Jones and, um, and Devin Vassell. Right. Um, so again, more yeah. backcourt guys. More backcourt yeah, I'm glad guys. you brought that up. Yeah. So if they move off to Rosen, um, I can. It's it's such a weird situation in LA. Like, so they they need a point guard. You're not lying. They need a point guard. They need to move off, um, Pat Bev and Paul George. Um, and with this trade, they'd at least have a bunch of one year contracts, so they could just instantly shift like straight off the back of that. So, yeah. Um, I like it. That's why I did it. So mm. if you don't like it, it's too bad. Not my problem. I like it. Um, <laughs> so I had uh, another trade here I wanted to jump into. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn and Washington um, doing a little trade ski. Uh, we have Buddy Heald from, Sac- uh, yeah, from Sacramento and Jabari Parker and Picks going to Brooklyn in exchange for Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, Bruce Brown, you could swap for another guy just about the money and picks so i really like this trade to be honest because i was racking my brain trying to figure out where buddy heald's going because he's being moved yeah halliburton's the guy now yeah if you've been paying attention he's much better for that team than heald and Heald's already said works so much better with um like it was unbelievable to see it in preseason if you guys haven't seen those two work together. Make sure you check out some of the preseason highlights of the Kings or just watch a preseason game yeah. and you'll see how effective Halliburton and Fox on the floor at the same time is for that entire roster. They all just... Great fit. Yeah, it was excellent. And they even have Luke Walton working against the whole bunch, but yep. if he can get his stuff together, uh, they'll keep Halliburton over Heald and Heald has already kind of said he's not happy there yep. coming off the bench. So you move him over to Brooklyn um my point would be that he's a perfect complement to katie and Kyrie. uh if you just want to have the two guys instead of a superstar again like harden like we talked about healed fits in more as a lights out shooter yep. in addition to joe harris yeah you could run a lineup like Kyrie irving healed uh joe harris durant and whoever else as you a big guy durant at the five like yeah yeah that's I, probably gonna happen you know it's it's weird um off the back of his injury you'd probably be a bit worried about you know having him you'd be low. wary of it yeah but yeah that, like that'd be a, actually a really good pickup for brooklyn um and moving off lavert i don't think lavert's going to see as much ball this year so having a catch and shoot guy um just bringing in um just spacing the floor buddy healed it yeah it literally is just like a catch and shoot threat like and, think about you have Kyrie handling the rock all the time he's mm-hmm. a lights out shooter mm-hmm. and then you spot up durant right now because he's coming back from injury, you want to maybe go light on him. Yep. So then you have Harris, like I said, Harris, Buddy Heald, Durant, maybe at the five, and some other shooter yep. next to them. That's a great floor spacing lineup. And Heald can also be a, a second option if one of them are not healthy. He's proven to be a pretty good scorer overall, uh, not just in college, but at the NBA level. So I really like that trade for Brooklyn. And then Sacramento gets some nice pieces next to Heald, Halliburton, uh, and hopefully Bagley if he can stay healthy. Um, and yeah, Karis LeVert is a good third or second option on offense. Uh, Torian Prince is a good role guy, Bruce Brown. So I really like this because it can clear up the Buddy Heald sort of situation. He's yeah. been a bit unhappy in that in his role off the bench. No, I like it. I like it. That's a good move. Yeah. Um, I got one more. This, okay. is, this is it. This is a hypothetical. If Philadelphia again this year aren't good, 
if, if they are just not good at all. Um, I can see them trying to move off Tobias Harris first, trying to just dump that contract somewhere. It's going to be hard. Um, it's going to be hard. Throwing in a bunch of picks is probably what they're going to have to do or throw in an asset uh, like Matisse Thibel or I can see Ben that. Simmons, which would be Shake the last Milton. resort. Sha- Maybe. Well, yeah. It you don't want to, but you what might Shake have to. Milton comes out with this year, I think he would dictate his um, fair his draft. Uh, uh, sorry, his trade. Value, yeah. Value, yeah. Um, so I had them trading Tobias Harris to San Antonio for LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills. Okay. Um, obviously, there'd need to be a lot of picks going to San Antonio to make that happen. But again, that's San Antonio picking up uh, an asset, <laughs> if you want to call Tobias an asset, um, because LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills are both on the last year of their contracts. That'd be the only reason why you do it. And I think it's time for them to have a fresh go at something. Like yep. They've been in San Antonio, which has been a little bit stale. To be honest, I mean, they've made the playoffs a couple of years and not really made any noise. Well, they missed it last year. They don't look like they're going to make it this year. They probably, no. they're really like the odd team out in the West. Um, I, agree I think making trades and giving the good teams their assets, like LaMarcus Aldridge can still contribute. Yeah. Um, and so can DeMar DeRozan on the right, in the right situation. They're good players to have. Um, so yeah, I only had that there because... Philly need to move off Tobias Harris at some stage. Um, Desperately. The sooner the better, um, just to free up that cap space. And, you know, getting those two allows them to move off the contract, have a reset where, you know, like it's unfortunate that they could have just let him go for nothing and not have this problem where they, they now probably have to get rid of some picks to get rid of him off the roster, um, when instead they should have really just let him go in free agency for nothing. I agree. Yeah. I mean... It was going to be a hard thing to do to just mm. let him and Butler go. Yeah. But they didn't really handle it super well. Yeah. Although Butler was on record saying he wasn't happy with Brett Brown. They kept Brett Brown instead of Jimmy Butler. Um, You know, that hasn't worked out amazingly. That's yeah. kind of aged like milk. The less I say about that, the better, I think. Yeah, we'll keep my, it in. my personal health and safety if I ever travel to Philadelphia. Yep, yep. I agree. We'll keep it <laughs> under wraps. Um, The other thing that's good with that as well is it's... If, okay, so if Daryl Morey can't get rid of Tobias Harris's contract, mm. I don't know who can. He's yeah. D- Daryl Morey is a shrewd GM, yeah. uh, one of the smartest minds in basketball, period. Player or GM, whatever, head coach. I think he can do that type of deal. Yeah. Um, I they, have a, they have a couple of good young assets, so maybe they can package them in and try and get a return out of it, maybe like a, a second round pick. Yeah. Um, if they package in, you know, maybe a Matisse Thibault, which you don't want to give up on guys like that. That's the that's the problem that Philadelphia have created where they've re-signed him and now it's like, well, how do we move this you have to counteract and it. still get something back? Yeah. And it's like years and years of scouting players and drafting players and now they have to give up on draft assets, possibly even player assets, to move a guy like that off the roster. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult scenario. Yeah, I feel but bad uh, I think for Maury, Philadelphia fans because that, that contract's not good. It's not a good yeah. contract. I would, yeah, I'd argue it's one of the five worst contracts in the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another segment. Um, so that's an interesting trade. Yeah. Uh, San Antonio is probably going to make a move anyway, so I'm glad you brought that up. A uh, well, times. I've got them in there twice. I, I really do yeah. think that they're, they're going to have to start trading pieces because everyone's off contract this year. So you're not going to pick anyone up in free agency. Um, it's not 
an ideal destination right now. So they should just hit a hard reset halfway through the year, mm. try and get something in return, maybe a couple more draft picks and build the roster up that way. I agree with that. Um, I had one last trade uh, and I actually really like this one. So I'm going to bring it out. I've called it Operation Unleash the Brody. Hashtag why not uh, to Denver. So Denver and Washington involved here. Denver gets Bradley Beal, who, again, there may not be any trades happening for him this year. But if things aren't going well, if it's a bit sour in Washington, they'll probably move off of Beal, um, all things considered. So Denver gets Bradley Beal. Washington gets Gary Harris, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., and picks. Now, I included Michael Porter Jr. not because I think Denver would want to give him up but I think they would give him up in return for Bradley Beal. Uh, Porter Jr. has a massive, sorry, not a massive, a very high ceiling, uh, like one of the highest ceilings in the NBA, but Bradley Beal moves the needle for them playoffs-wise to me. In this particular season coming up, they're probably going to want to win now. So I really like the trade for both teams. Uh, Harris, so just touching on the Washington side of things, Harris, Gary Harris could be a sunk cost at this point. He's, do 19 million i believe yeah they got to move off gary harris it's we gonna said be that hard. last week they, they really do like yeah it's unfortunate and uh, you know one of the denver fans um commented on our video saying that paul Millsap. paul Millsap was worse and i don't agree with that i think paul Millsap is his value is for, higher yeah for Although, the locker room for his his defensive impact and it's only in the post his um his perimeter defense last year was you know he lost more than a step, um, which, you know, you'd kind of expect that from a guy that age. But, yeah, yeah I think his impact is way more than beyond the, uh, what goes on on the court. Um, yeah, but Gary Harris can't even contribute on the court. So Yeah, he's seen better years, and we talked about that last episode. Uh, what I was going to say with the Paul Millsap thing is I think his analytical side of things, like his stats, mm. don't, his regular stats, like the points, rebounds, assists, etc., don't necessarily jump out, but he's been a analytical darling oh, plus minus he, he is still like really you good can start there yeah his on-court defense um his iq minus. he's yeah. just really yeah he's yeah. you know he's been underrated for many years i mean he's just a locker room guy he's a guy yeah. you have to have around because you should have he's the one that makes um nicola Jokic see the floor better when he comes into the league because you've got a guy like paul mills with him, him who and defensively developed a passing game tried to develop a jump shot like he works hard on his craft he knows what he's doing um so he's someone you need to keep around um but yeah back to the trade uh will barton you know giving up on will barton he's a good six man i know you're great six man huge fan of will barton i mean i'm not a fan of will barton on the nuggets yeah but at the same i like okay so my point with will barton might be that he doesn't necessarily contribute to championship basketball yeah and that's the point of denver's move Mm -hmm. to get rid of him not because he's not an exciting player or a fun player to watch. He sure is. Uh, He's been a league pass favorite when he's been healthy. Yep. But at the same time, if Denver wants to go forward, they need to get off of him and Harris. And then you'd have to throw in Porter as well to get Beal to me. If not Porter, then maybe Bull Bull, but I don't think Washington jumps at him more so than they jump at. I think it depends how he starts the season. I think the only, yeah, I, I don't like the trade. You don't, don't like this like, trade? Don't like it. For because you don't think Washington's going to move Beal? No, I think Washington will eventually move Beal. I think Washington will blow it up at some point. I think they'll move both Brody and B- 
Beal, Brody being Russell Westbrook, um, <laughs> in case you know people like us and say the full names. Um, some people do, yeah. Yeah, some people. The move of Michael Porter Jr. is bad. It's tough. Don't don't move off Michael Porter Jr. You have a young a young group of guys. Nikola Jokic is still only 25. Jamal Murray is still 24. That's true. And Michael Porter Jr. is 22 years old. You know, Bol Bol, 21. Like, they have such a young core. Insane if, amount of talent. If anything, if anything, you add an older guy who isn't going to take away from the amount that you have the ball in Nikola Jokic's hands or Jamal Murray's hands. I think you need to encourage those guys on the court. If anything, they need to trade for someone like Robert Covington who can come in, be off-ball, defensively rugged, mm. won't let anything slip, is a good leader. Um, and, and another guy that can do stuff like that is like Jimmy Butler. Like it sounds you, like, yeah, it sounds like you would like them to bring in another Tory Craig, so to speak. Yeah, they need age. They need experience. Like they've got Paul Millsap on the roster. We just talked about Paul Millsap. Um, he's 35 now. And then after him, you've got Jermichael Green, who's 30. And then there's just like this roster drop off to your starters who are 25, 24, 23, yeah. 22, 21. Monty Morris is yeah. 25. Yeah, it's a young core. It's, I agree with it's that. It's a very young core. I don't think getting a guy like Bradley Beal will help those guys develop or will okay. get the best out of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Only because of how similar Jamal Murray and Bradley Beal have been to this point in their career. That's fair. Yeah. So they Brad, are similar. Yeah, I can see Jamal Murray putting up 30 points a year at some stage. At yeah. some stage, he has not that now. He, he does, and he can. He has that scoring ability. It's all about confidence with Jamal Murray. He's yeah. Uh, someone, His bubble confidence was well, through the roof. Uh, that was incredible. Just yeah, yeah it actually yeah. was probably one the of my top favorite. Yeah, one of my favorite moments of uh, last year. But yeah, yeah it's uh, a huge drop off on the roster. So you need like ages there where you know 31, 32, possibly two more guys who are around that age who can bring in that experience and and help those guys develop their okay. games in a different sort of way. All right. Well, um, I mean, we can't agree on that necessarily. I, I actually think Beal is going to fit, or he would fit yeah. next to Murray because Jokic is... You're entitled to not agree with me. I think we should because I think Jokic is the point guard of yeah. the team if you want to use point guard as a set piece of a team that controls yep. the floor. Yep. Murray and Beal are combo wing guys, combo guards who love to shoot the ball. Although they're both playmakers, they're shooters primarily, and they're fantastic shooters, like yep. two of the top 10 in the league. And so if you bring Jokic another weapon like Beal, I think he starts to to really, I think they start to get more Ws. Yeah. But it's, it's an unlikely trade, so we'll leave yeah. it at that. Fair enough. And that's going to do us That'll do. for the Shoot Around Podcast episode four. Thank you for tuning in. It was a pleasure speaking for you. Do you have any last thoughts, We're Josh? just speaking for everyone. I'm you were speaking on behalf the voice of, of the, the people. Yeah. yeah, wow. I speak That's for incredible. the um, No, thanks for tuning in, guys. Check us out on any medium possible, whether you're watching or listening. We appreciate the support. Um, and we'll catch you next week for episode five once yeah. the NBA season starts. So yeah, look out for that. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, have a good week, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. See ya.